Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Animal Health Podcast with me, Kathy Davis. This is the third episode in a series which digs into the science behind trace minerals for New Zealand livestock. Before we start, I just need to clarify the context a little bit, because today's mineral is zinc. Our first two episodes were about cobalt and iodine, and why very small quantities of both these minerals are so important for animal well-being and production. Today's episode, however, is quite different. That's because we're not talking about very small quantities of zinc. In fact, it's pretty much the opposite. If it wasn't for one disease that affects New Zealand livestock more than anywhere else in the world, we would not even be having this discussion. Nor would New Zealand farmers need to think about using unusually large doses of zinc to keep their animals safe during a few critical weeks each year. So what's the story? To help us understand what's going on here, I am joined once again by veterinarian Dr. Peter Pulford. Hi, Peter. Hi, Kathy. Nice to talk to you again. Where shall we start? Well, I think the key thing to clarify in this context is that we're talking about zinc's role, not as a trace mineral per se, but rather as a specific preventative treatment for one really important disease, and that disease is facial eczema. We need to make that distinction because the amount of zinc required for facial eczema prevention is many times greater than you'd ever consider using as a trace element supplement. Okay, so would it be fair to say that this episode is just as much about facial eczema as it is about zinc? Absolutely. It's also a discussion that is quite unique to New Zealand because New Zealand could be described as the world capital for facial eczema in livestock. It does occur in other countries, but not nearly to the same extent, nor to the same cost. Huh, I knew it was a problem, but I didn't realise it was so specific to New Zealand. Let's put zinc to one side for a moment then, and maybe you can give us a bit of a rundown on the disease itself. Certainly, I'll do my best. A facial eczema is caused by a toxin called sporodesmin which is released from the spores of a fungus that grows naturally on the dead leaf matter at the base of the pasture sward. In warm, humid conditions, typically that's in late summer and early autumn, the amount of sporodesmin can increase exponentially, and when it is ingested by animals grazing the pasture, it rapidly causes a number of issues. In dairy cows, for example, Uh, There can be a sudden drop in milk yield, literally within a day of exposure, by up to 50%. A sporodesmin also irritates the urinary tract. But the most important thing is that it causes damage to the liver, specifically to the capillary system, which drains the bile, and acts as a waste disposal system. So you get a build-up of waste products in the liver. In particular, you get a buildup of something called phyloerythrin, which accumulates in the body because it's not being disposed of in the normal way. The key thing about phyloerythrin is that it is what we call photoactive. So it responds to light by releasing free radicals. And that in turn, those free radicals lead to quite a lot of damage to the skin, especially in unpigmented areas. So the term facial eczema actually covers quite a complex series of chemical reactions going on within the animal, which I assume can't be seen until it's already occurred? That's right. And that's a big part of the problem. It can take up to 10 days for animals affected by sporodesmin to show clinical signs of facial eczema. 
the most obvious of which are skin lesions. And by that time, the damage has largely been done. You're not able to do a lot for those animals other than supportive treatment, like keeping them away from sunlight. The real issue, however, is what you don't see, and that's the lasting liver damage caused by sporodesmin. Clinical cases are literally just the tip of the iceberg. Studies have indicated liver damage is far more prevalent than the skin lesions and is probably carried forward for the rest of the animal's life. Hmm. What are the implications of that liver damage, Peter? Affected animals just won't perform as well. Their production will be hammered and they become more susceptible to other diseases because of it. Earlier on, you referred to the cost of facial eczema here in New Zealand compared with other countries. What is that cost? Do we know? The cost is huge in terms of loss production. In fact, facial eczema is estimated to be second only to mastitis in its cost to New Zealand farming. And mastitis affects dairy cows all over New Zealand, whereas facial eczema is mainly confined to the North Island. There's a bit in the north of the South Island and down the West Coast, but it's pretty much unknown in Canterbury and Southland. Climate change, will make the conditions for facial eczema more likely further south, and we seem to be hearing of more cases cropping up there. Overall, we probably underestimate the cost of facial eczema in both red meat and dairy production. Right, well, that set the scene for us to get back to zinc. How exactly does this particular mineral help prevent facial eczema, Peter? Uh, To be honest, we're not really sure. We've got clues, but we don't know decisively. The supposed mechanisms are twofold, for a start. Zinc itself can react with sporodesmin in the rumen to form what the chemists call a macaptide, which is a stabilised chemical. In other words, the sporodesmin becomes inactive. So that's one supposed mechanism. The second one is somewhat confusing. When the sporodesmin causes damage to the liver, part of the reaction is accelerated by the presence of free copper in the liver. We also know that zinc has an antagonistic effect on copper. It reduces copper absorption from the digestive system. And we see that quite often when farmers have been using zinc for facial eczema prevention. At the end of the season, when they check the animal's copper status, it's often depleted. So it may well be that zinc is reducing the amount of free copper in the liver and thus helping to prevent facial eczema. Um, hang on a minute. This is a disease that is thought to be second only to mastitis in economic terms. Shouldn't we know more than we do about how to prevent it? It sounds crazy, I know. I'm sure one of the reasons is that facial eczema is not a globally significant disease, whereas mastitis is. A huge amount of mastitis research goes on in other countries, and and quite often our mastitis research here comes off the back of that. With facial eczema, there's just not the same body of research to draw from, nor is there the same level of funding. There's another reason too. To undertake research trials for facial eczema prevention, animals have to be exposed to sporodesmin, and that is in itself a major block to studies being done because of the potential welfare and ethics implications. Also, the incidence of sporodesmin is highly seasonal. Some years there might be disease pressure, others there won't be. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you for allowing me to butt in and disrupt your explanation about zinc's role in preventing facial eczema. 
I guess that raises another question. Do we need to know for sure how zinc works in this context or just that it does work? Well, it's an open question, but it is an important question because if zinc is operating against facial eczema at the level of the liver, you need to have a zinc treatment that is well absorbed into the bloodstream so it gets to the liver. On the other hand, if zinc is operating at the level of the rumen, the requirement for absorption is not there. This is probably a bit of a silly question, but why does zinc absorption matter? It's not a silly question. The reason we are mindful of zinc absorption is that in large amounts, zinc can be toxic and we don't want that. Absorption also relates to the forms of zinc we use to preventively treat animals for facial eczema. Different forms of zinc are available in different treatments. Some are more highly absorbable than others. Peter, are there any other ways to prevent facial eczema? Lots of things have been tried over the years. For example, there was, and still is, a bit of talk about using fungicides to control the fungus which releases sporodesmin, but that's a bit ad hoc. Management-wise, alternative forages have also been used. Ryegrass-dominant pastures are the ones most at risk. And if you're giving any form of supplementary feed, that has a dilution effect on the amount of sporodesmin the animals are ingesting. It also means the animals aren't grazing as low into the base of the pasture, which is where the highest spore levels are. The biggest potential alternative, however, is breeding tolerance to facial eczema, which has been done in sheep for a number of years, as well as in some lines of cattle. There's no doubt you can breed very good tolerance into animals over time, and I think in the long run, that's where we're going to end up. But for now, zinc is still the most common preventative, right? Yes, particularly in the form of slow-release bolus treatments, which typically provide protection for four to six weeks over the highest risk periods, with follow-up treatments as required. They're not a perfect solution. There is a risk of accidental overdosage if you don't follow the administration recommendations correctly. And as I said before, we're still not entirely sure how they work. But at the moment, they are the most effective option by miles when dealing with facial eczema. And any farmer who's experienced a clinical outbreak of facial eczema will tell you it's not something they ever want to repeat. That's quite apart from the lasting subclinical effects on animal well-being. I'm kind of reminded of that old expression about an ounce of prevention being worth a pound of cure. Definitely, prevention is everything with facial eczema. That's why it's so important to start planning zinc treatments well ahead of the high-risk season, ideally in conjunction with your vet. Thanks so much for talking us through this topic today, Peter. It's been fascinating and very timely as we head into summer. That concludes this episode of the Animal Health Podcast. For more advice on zinc and facial eczema, talk to your vet. Thank you for listening. This podcast is proudly sponsored by FaceGuard, only available from your local veterinarian.